0: This is The After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Look at you, Kim, getting a chance to run down the hallway.
1: Yeah, that never happens.
0: An after potty break.
1: Woo-hoo! How's it going? Yes,
0: I am well. Um, I was a little sleepy, so I went back for a second cup of coffee. So we'll see how that works out.
1: Okay. Um,
0: Yeah, smash that like button, just like Gordon suggests. Yeah. Sandy is concerned. I hope Kim gets a chance to eat. She's been doing these shows for from nine until two. And I said, (laughs) you usually get room service, right?
1: I did get room service today. And while John Rothman was was, uh, talking about the P word, I was eating a croissant. So that has
0: to be a drop.
1: I think so. I I don't think he's
0: ever said I don't think we've ever seen anything like it.
1: We've never, I've never seen anything like this. And as I said, it's been a couple decades of working with this guy and I was surprised and actually pleasantly surprised. Let it go, John Rothman. Let it cut
0: it. Even uh, behind the scenes, I don't think I ever heard him swear.
1: No. Mm -mm. No.
0: It was a shocking moment. And I sat right across from him. So you'd think you would hear it fly. Even Gene Burns would swear off Mike, which was hilarious. Yeah. Nothing like a booming voice saying the f-word in your car the p- the panels of your acura <laughs> rattling from the boom of the f-word coming from kim burns one of my you favorite know who memories swears
1: a lot is uh mark thompson swears a lot off the air
0: yeah um well, i think I, everyone can imagine that
1: i found that Alhart, if you i tweet
0: it, kim did you tweet i found that you if, you,
1: if you swear off, if i personally swear off the air, then the chances are better that I'll swear on the air. So I just took it out of my so vocabulary. So the chances are better.
0: It's a positive thing.
1: Yeah, no, it's not a good thing. So I just, if you if, it if it's not a constant part of your vocabulary, then you, yeah. you tend not to well, fall back Sandy on Sandy says right? the P
0: word. I think I missed it. What's the P word? Grab them uh, by
1: a P. the mm-hmm. patriarchy.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it reminds me of, um, your camera's creeping up, by the way. Um, it reminds me of living in the city And there aren't a lot of kids on the street, so you just kind of get used to being able to let it fly. And then every once in a while, you'll be sitting, like, say, at a parklet, and then somebody's like, "Oh, there, there are kids behind you." Yeah. 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 You need to. You need to rein it. Or
1: sometimes you'll text me because we text often, and you'll use a a a word, and it'll be (laughs) there. You go. And why
0: don't you just text it?
1: I'll have my phone like in the cup holder of the car, and hmm. I will just pick a kid up from school, and they'll yeah. say, oh, "John Daly used a potty word." Yeah, yeah,
0: that's happened what once?
1: Well, uh, more more than once, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I feel
0: bad yeah. when it's Jacob. Yeah, he's younger. Not so I don't bad. bad really when it's, feel bad yeah. when it's <laughs> no, because she uses her own.
1: Hey! Huge thank you to Gary D. who surprised us last night in after-hours trading. Came in with a ten-dollar super thanks. Yes, yeah. thank you, Gary
0: D. You really nice. That.
1: Yeah, we have something to talk about that is illegal in California. Say the P I, word. And parking. <laughs>
0: oh, parking. No, that's a, that's, parking a touchy, that's a touchy one.
1: Next to a crosswalk will be yeah. illegal.
0: It already, it already is. It already me.
1: I don't understand.
0: Yeah, so this is about that last bit of road before an intersection, right? So you can see if you can make it out on the diagram here. It's either painted red currently, you know, like mm-hmm. on the left side there, or even if it's not painted, it's now illegal to park 20 feet from the crosswalk, even if a crosswalk is marked or not marked. So marked or unmarked. If, if there's a place where somebody, you know, a pedestrian would cross... You know, at a corner, mm-hmm. it's now illegal to park there. You might be saying, why? Well, it's it's because of the visual aspect of being able to see people. Mm-hmm. Right? And you notice you can see the line of sight there from the car that when no one's parked there, you can actually see. You can see to the corner further back, right? Mm-hmm. So you have time, you have to time yeah. to stop and not hit somebody. And um, it
1: makes sense, but how are people supposed to know? If, if it's an area about. where people, no, how how are people supposed to know if it's an area where people cross, if it's not an official crosswalk?
0: Well, if it's not marked, I would say at a corner. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 20 um,
1: feet from the corner?
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean, if it's an intersection, that's where you would cross, right? By keeping away from the crosswalk, you're allowing vehicles that are driving to get a better view of the pedestrians. And it's a driving law. So um, it doesn't matter whether or not it's marked you will get busted um right now it says here that san francisco is just giving people warnings
1: okay
0: um but yeah um uh, it's also not smart to park anywhere near a corner it's just not it's not safe even for your car sometimes
1: you know? when you don't have many options you know
0: yeah but i mean if you think you about it get. even in pedestrian areas like in Petaluma, when people park on the corner you can't see around the corner it it's
1: true. It's true. There are a lot of places people park where it's imp- I mean, your vision as, as to oncoming well, people have these urban assault vehicles. On. Yeah,
0: they have these urban assault vehicles for no reason um, that they can't drive and they don't know how to park in a parking spot. So they do eight point turns. Um, you've seen those clueless drivers in the Safeway parking lot. I'm Like, why do you have right. a battle tank? I don't think you can drive a <laughs> <to> Honda. <laughs> Let's take you to the DMV right now. I want to see you pass a test. Um yeah, so uh, that's something right. that's, in, that's news you can use.
1: Well, you've been warned, right? So <laughs> park appropriately. There's yeah. the P word for you. Let's talk about this. I would freak out. Let's talk about the, I snake gave you the story. found in an, uh,
0: not <laughs> in on a plane. an underwear drawer. No, no not on a plane. A, a plane.
1: Oh, my gosh. This is in Australia.
0: Of course, where
1: a mom found one of the world's most venomous snakes in her son's underwear drawer. Mom. Oh, my mom. goodness. The son is three <laughs> years old. So here's the snake in the toddler's underwear drawer. Lord, they call this guy Mark Pelly. He's the snake hunter. He's called to the snake home. Hunter. where the, the snake hunter comes to find this five foot eastern brown snake right in the underwear drawer. Uh, the moment this woman opened the drawer in the boy's bedroom and confirmed the presence of the snake considered the second most venomous species of snake in the world. Uh, She said, that's not something you don't see every day. (laughs) Of course she did. The reptile guy said the snake hid in some clothes that the mother brought in from the clothesline the previous day and ended up being placed in the drawer with the clothing. So, she, really? ne- she nearly, it. she nearly touches it on the clothes. She folds the clothes, nearly touches it again, puts the clothes in the drawer, nearly Wait, touches so it, it again. Was,
0: it was inside the clothes when she brought it in. That's
1: what they're saying is that it was likely hanging off the clothes or curled How up. Do not you notice that even just based on the weight. I would think you would, but it. I don't know. I mean, it was five feet long. You think it would be? That's going to be heavy.
0: I mean, look I at it there. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't,
1: so, I don't know. That's how they're saying it ended up in there. So if that's true, that was a lot of chances she had to be bitten yes, by the world's second most venomous snake. I don't know. Australia, no thank you. No thank yes. you.
0: <sighs> yeah. Um. Just quickly back on the first start, uh, story. Vanessa says SF hates cars. Well, yeah, you true. know, we... It's it's a big city. There's a lot of people, and of course, they need to push because we all care about the environment. They need to push. Uh, ped- pedestrian safety is a big deal here because people get killed a lot very yeah, often but cars because the city, drive. Of san
1: Fran- the city of san francisco has been anti-parking taking away lanes um it, it's you know they've they've shown drivers that they don't want us to come into san francisco and drive well, our cars they're trying the- to
0: limit it and reduce it and i i see both sides of this argument because yeah. they you know if we want to have a sustainable future environmentally mm-hmm. but the other half of that is we need a transportation public transportation system that, that works. works right and that runs 24 hours a day and doesn't mm-hmm stop yeah. at midnight looking at you Bart. but um if this law i just want to point out is not specific to san francisco this is yeah. statewide statewide this law is ev- ev- everywhere this is uh this is parking where you live hmm. um this next story is not where you live this <laughs> is about a could, moose
1: it could be if you're in moose territory hello uh
0: hello we do mm-hmm. have uh, i think one listener viewer in canada a canadian couple rescue moose from icy river this is one moose uh, a New Brunswick couple teamed up with some peace officers uh, to rescue a moose that fell into a river and couldn't get back out. Oh. Mm-hmm. Jolene Lavoy said that she and her husband, Claude, Claude were out in their side-by-side off-road v- uh, vehicle in the Rogersville region north of Moncton. You know where that is. Uh, okay. When they spotted a young moose that had fallen through the ice into a river when she spotted us she tried to get up and all she could do is slip and fall on the ice it couldn't get a grip so we have the video here um let's take a look and uh you can see what we're talking about this poor moose oh look they they finally managed to oh. drag it out they're using like uh straps um no, unfortunately it's around its neck that's
1: gotta but, be heavy
0: yeah and it kept sliding back and once it's on the um slippery ice there you can see it can't stand up get get purchased with those hooves yeah and so it's trying poor thing it must have been really exhausted um but they managed to uh finally drag it off but of course it's tired here you can see um and they're trying to make sure that it doesn't fall back onto the ice because it kept slipping and sliding you know like you said it's really heavy like like three guys trying to look at that they can barely budge him right they can only come on buddy he's got to be exhausted
1: after all that and can hardly move
0: but oh, they managed no. to get they managed to get uh, the moose off of the uh, slippery ice. So there's uh, another case of humans helping animals helping. doing the right thing.
1: Wow, what nice. a story! I have another one similarly uh, similar to that. This dog was rescued in Michigan. So cold. It looks like my dog. A freezing Aww. river. And firefighters in Michigan came to the rescue of this six-year-old Irish setter. Mine's a golden retriever, but they look kind of very similar. Um, the dog had fallen through this ice of a frozen river in Midland, uh, Michigan. The dog's name is Koufax. And he was a, he's a deer chaser. So he was chasing a deer at the park. And he ended up falling through the ice covering the oh, Tittablosi no. River. I know, the Tittablasi River. His owner, instead of trying to rescue him, which is smart, calls 911. So responders came out. They were there within 10 minutes and pulled him out of the water. Uh, Initially, he was cold and unresponsive, but the veterinarians there were able to bring his temperature up after about two hours. He's now home resting and he's doing okay. So it's another Aww. people helping animals story, which is always nice.
0: So first you had John Rothman saying the P word, and now you have Kim saying the T word, both of which would have been bleeped on KGO News Talk.
1: 10. No, because mine was part of a river. Tittablosi.
0: Um, I actually don't have a, a I don't have a, I don't have, I don't have, we don't have a bleep. We don't have a delay. We're just trusting no. that Kim won't say. <laughs> not you never bleep.
1: know. You never know.
0: Um. Okay, uh, this next story is about the unhealthiest states in the U.S. I'm sure there will be some of Kim's favorite states on this list. A new study has identified the region with the unhealthiest population in the United States. Forbes advisor conducted the analysis and ranked each state based on several factors, including the rates of drug abuse, unhealthy lifestyle habits, and chronic disease. According to the CDC, chronic diseases are health conditions that last a year or longer and require ongoing medical treatment. Uh, the CDC notes that these illnesses, such as heart disease, cancer, and diabetes, are the nation's lead causes of death and disability. As for the unhealthiest state in America, can you tell from the map, what do you think it is? No. Louisiana? No. Wait, closer. it's the, dar- the, dar- the darkest ones the are the most healthy. But, yeah. you see it there?
1: Uh, Virginia? West Virginia. West Virginia.
0: Okay. West Virginia.
1: Yeah. Unhealthy state. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Mountain State, considered ground zero for America's opioid crisis, oh, no. stands out with the highest drug overdose overdose rate in the United States, according to Forbes' advisor. So lately, the use of fentanyl and the so, so-called zombie drug Xylazine has fueled the state's epidemic, according no. to News Nation. West Virginia also has the highest percentage of adults who smoke, 21%, and the highest percentage of adults who are obese, 41%, and the second shortest—oh, shortest, uh, there's that second cup of coffee— uh, the second shortest life expectancy nationwide seventy three point nine. Um, can you tell what's number two? Mm. How good are you at uh, seeing shades of purple? Mm, I, it I is Is it Tennessee? Close, Mississippi. Okay. second unhealthiest. It has the shortest uh, uh, shortest life expectancy at seventy three point six three. so they're very close. Um the Magnolia state faces elevated rates of chronic disease including the highest cancer mortality rate in the country. Wow. 17.37 per 100,000 state did, residents.
1: It looks like we're doing pretty well in California though.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're not on the we're not on the naughty list here. Yeah. Um aside from West Virginia, Mississippi, six other southern states, of course, among the top 10. So it's West Virginia, Mississippi, then your Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Louisiana, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Ohio, and Indiana. Uh, Hawaii, one of the most beautiful states in the U.S., has the best health profile.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always sunny. You get out. It's active. There's water sports. And there's... Gotta watch out for
0: the skin cancer, though. Highest life expectancy in the country, 80.87. And the prevalence of chronic diseases is is notably lower. Minnesota is the only Midwest state in the top 10. So it goes... This is the top 10 best. Hawaii, Utah, all that clean Mormon living. Connecticut... Minnesota, Massachusetts, Colorado, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Washington State, and then New York. Um, California did not make the top 10 on either list. Forbes ranked the Golden State as the 38th unhealthiest in the United States. So if you want to check that out, uh, go over to Forbes and you can see the rest of the uh, study.
1: All right. What are the the two white ones in the middle? Look like what, Utah? That's because they don't drink, right? The Mormons don't drink? Yeah.
0: And then that's uh, Kansas.
1: Okay. Oh, no, Colorado. Colorado, oh, yeah.
0: Sorry. Kansas is next to that.
1: Yeah. Um, I love artists. You have to love artists. This is awesome. This guy, he's, you know, wants to attract some visitors, maybe do something fun. Right. So he creates a sculpture out of snow. He has seen. Whoa. Look at that. It's a shark sculpture. It's a, it's a snow shark. It's a land shark, you know. His name is Carlos Maldonado. He's from Iowa and his yard is pulling in visitors from across the area. This shark is 20 feet long. It's in his front yard made out of snow. He's an artist, owner of Carlos Maldonado artwork in Iowa. And he creates this um, five and a half foot tall, 20 foot long, great white shark out of snow, and he did it with the help of his two sons. He was wondering what to make, kind of looking up things, and he looked up snow sculptures, and he saw a shark online, and he thought, I could do that. So... This is what he ends up with. He said it took about four and a half hours to sculpt the shark, another hour and a half to color it, I don't love this part, with watered down acrylic paint the following day. That's going to be a mess when it melts. Uh, Maldonado's photos of his artwork posted online led to an influx of visitors. They all wanted to come to his yard and take a picture, a selfie with the yard shark. He said, my fiance saw this online on Facebook, so we thought it was a really good idea to bring our kids out and be able to see what creativity and what they can really do with snow. And he says, it'll be a very good memory for my children. Kind of cool.
0: Yeah, very cool. Um, let's see. Someone in the chat was asking about Nevada, Nevada. Mm-hmm. It was Karen. Uh, Nevada's number 12. Uh, Nevadans die from heart disease. Uh at uh, 202 for every 100k and uh 10 over 10 of adults have diabetes that's why they're yikes the yeah so yeah there you go um coffee i'm drinking it right now <laughs> faster faster <laughs> faster a german man drinks a cup of coffee in 3.12 seconds oh that's fast the whole cup yeah i would show you the video but it's a guinness world record and they will demonetize us mm. A German man broke a Guinness World Record when he downed a cup of coffee in 3.12 seconds. I think you can imagine it there based on the two shots right? Yeah. The record-keeping organization announced Felix von Maibom mein- earned the title for the fastest time to drink a cup of coffee in Frankfurt. Uh, von uh, Von Maibom's time of 3.12 seconds shaved 0.05 seconds off the previous record which was set by fellow German and serial record break apparently is a thing over there. <laughs> I guess Andrei they're fast or, coffee drinkers in Germany. André off in 2021. They're very efficient. Um, uh, a video of the successful attempt shows von uh, Mybom chugging the mug of java while it's still hot and steaming. I would not be able to do that. I have a um, sensitivity to like hot, hot beverages. Like if somebody makes tea, mm-hmm. which is generally hotter than like the urn, a water temperature of like coffee at a coffee shop. Right. I can't. It will literally burn my tongue like if my sister makes hot chocolate it will burn my tongue it won't burn hers oh yeah so i'm weak i'm weak kim i'm a delicate flower <laughs>
1: that's all right oh okay let's talk about uh the wealth of the world's five richest men do you think they are getting richer yes they are it more than doubled since 2020 3 years oh, wow. and their wealth more than doubled it's crazy um this Can we is guess who these men are you probably could
0: there they are
1: mr bezos kicks us off on the left followed by warren buffett followed by bernard arnault who is the the owner of a luxury goods business right including east sale Laurent, whatever have whatever oh, not just a luxury business. you made it sound
0: like it's a boutique yeah. no it's like no it's, it's like the world more, the, the big brands yeah it's all the big brands in the world yeah, yeah.
1: larry ellison uh and then of course elon at the end Elon musk um so the five these are the five wealthiest people on earth and since 2020 these billionaires have had their net worth increase 114 percent to a total of 869 billion dollars that's after taking inflation into account this according to oxfam's annual inequality report which was released on sunday
0: i think there's only one likable person mr Um, buffett yeah yeah there. at least he's giving all his money away to charity
1: what they're saying is if this keeps going if the current trends continue with the rich getting richer like this yeah we're going to see our first trillionaire in a decade
0: trillionaire so forget Uh
1: billionaires
0: these guys are going to be trillionaires who could Um, be the next trillionaire mm, Uh uh-oh yeah it might be this guy um, and this was this was released right before the um, the Davos Confer- conference, right and you know that's going on right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so anti-poverty organization Oxfam International said on Monday its annual assessment of global inequities or in- inequalities. Uh, timed to the gathering of political and business elites at the ski resort, Davos. Oxfam, which f- uh, has for years been trying to highlight the growing disparities between the super rich and the bulk of the global, Population during the World Economic Forum's annual meeting reckons the gap has been supercharged since the coronavirus pandemic. The group said the fortunes of those richest men that you mentioned—Musk, Arnall, uh, his family, luxury company, Amazon, uh, Jeff Bezos, Oracle, Larry Ellison, and investment guru Warren Buffett—have spiked by 114%. Like you said, um, yeah. Oxfam's interim executive director said the report showed that the world is entering a decade of division. We have the top five billionaires; they've doubled their wealth. On the other hand. We have five billion people who have become a poorer. Very soon, Oxfam predicts that we will have a trillionaire within a decade, referring to a person who has a thousand billion dollars. Whereas to fight poverty, we need more than 200 years. Um, if someone does reach the trillion dollar milestone, and it could be someone not even on the list of richest people right now, but I'm guessing it's gonna be this guy, he or she uh, would have the same value as an oil rich Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. A trillion dollars. Do you know who the first billionaire was? no john d rockefeller Standard oh really oil, 1916
1: well and you kind of alluded to this but this is all happening this rush toward the trillionaire status right as five billion people across the world became poorer so the poor are getting poorer yeah the are getting richer yeah
0: yeah this is crazy and you know you've got people starving all over the world that uh, uh um but you know who else is a very good person and who's helping us out? Jim Slayton. Oh, thank $5 you super, super sticker. sticker. Look at that. How, many, how many dogs are in the photo, Kim?
1: Uh, oh, how many today? I only see three. One, two, oh, three. That's, oh, no. Four, five, six? At
0: least six. Yeah, I think I, think I see six. Do you? Yeah, know? I think, I yeah, eight, I think eight, eight, six. six. We'll have to get yeah. the official answer. And then Chris from Menlo Park... For Kim making a good parenting decision on her daughter's field trip.
1: Oh, that was Nikki. (laughs) Nikki made the good decision to send uh, Marley to see the Wiz. Marley forgot her permission slip. So (sighs) I was a showstopper. Literally, we had to figure out how to get her the permission slip in the middle of the show. But it all worked out. And apparently she went and it's okay.
0: Did did they get like a PDF on her phone? Like a electronic the, Nikki document just
1: took, <laughs> took a picture of it and sent it <laughs> okay, in so, well, that's yeah. similar yeah it works out okay. you thank know, you thank for
0: you. your uh support we are yeah, the smallest of the you. shows and every dollar uh helps and uh will help for kim's uh, kids field trips as well
1: nikki's and nikki's too so oh yeah um your story was talking about trillionaires too but what about this elvis festival
0: yes elvis mm-hmm.
1: Take me to the mm-hmm. Elvis Festival. This happens in Australia. They have a they have a, an Elvis train, and they have what is billed as Elvis the train, world's biggest Elvis Choo-choo. festival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Twenty five thousand diehard fans come to this Elvis festival every year, and they take the train toward the small farming town of Parkes, P A R K E S, Parkes, Parkes. Um. <laughs> a lot of people think australia what are you guys doing was he ever even there no but um they don't want him to be forgotten they say um they think elvis thought he would be forgotten and he's bigger than ever and it's fantastic so his fandom
0: is worldwide
1: yeah all these elvis lovers they get all dressed up and decked out look at them there and they go to parkies and the whole town comes out to meet them and the uh, i guess the first elvis festival was held there in 1993 today this town of about 10,000 people calls itself the elvis capital of australia it's a 5-day festival the event this year features look-alike competitions elvis poetry art exhibitions and dozens and dozens of musical tributes elvis poetry uh, yeah so as the, the train left to headed toward parkies they said we can confirm elvis has left the building that's what they uh, announced on the it, platform it is so.
0: actually just pronounced parks oh is it parks so okay it's easy. it's easy we can make it easy
1: good job you know what you else is that? easy
0: no okay i just used the google um we want to thank wes five dollars wes, thank, thank you, you. Wes. as Lovely. regular as a train or more regular than a Muni train. We love it. Uh, Angel in the Bay Area, ten dollars field trip. Kim, or will you chaperone? Is it both I Marcus? will. I will always chaperone. Although it wasn't my field trip today, it was yeah.
1: Nikki's field trip. But yes, uh, I would love to chaperone. You want to yeah. have a an after party field trip? Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and I thought I saw one more pop up there. No. Oh, did you? Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, uh, no.
0: Well, we had we had Jim, we had Chris, Jim we had and Wes, Chris, and we Wes, had Angel. Angel. you guys are awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, contributions are down since we're doing, we're mentioning contributions. They're down twenty percent this month. So every single contribute contribution has a huge impact on uh, the viability of our show. Um, we're not a big time budget so operation. So it really it really means the world to us, and we thank you. Well, at least our heart.
1: somebody is getting rich because apparently. Uh, average middle-aged households may are i guess people are getting richer but i thought so, people were getting poorer so the
0: poor are not, getting not poorer. this guy no oh, he's getting rich too but he's not middle income no um the rise of the 50 something millionaire average middle-aged household now has a seven figure net worth so this is talking about net worth okay. here's how other age groups compare Uh, America's household wealth swelled during the pandemic as lockdown curbed spending and helped families save more than ever, right? A lot of people were um, investing in the stock market. A lot of people got involved for the first time because they had nowhere else to spend their money, right? Everything was closed. And fresh data, we love fresh data, right? Mm. Suggest it it may have been the over 50s who benefited the most according to new figures cited by USA Today. And it's USA Today that you wanna go to for your best fresh data. The average net worth of households over the age of uh, over that age is more than one million dollars, but it can be as high as one point eight million dollars for those just hitting official retirement. The numbers take into account home values, right? So this is it's including people's homes and their four hundred one k, right? So this is not necessarily liquid money that you're spending. Uh, this is net worth which has been bolstered by a red-hot real estate landscape and a strong stock market rally, respectively. Between 2019 and 2022, figures from the Federal Survey of Consumer Finances shows that the average U.S. household saw its wealth increase by 37%. It is the largest rise ever recorded. We have never seen anything like this before. However, new analysis from USA Today exposes a concerning disparity between the average and median household wealth in the United States. Uh, for example while the average household in their uh, in their 50s has 1 million more to their name the median household uh, in this co- co- cohort uh, has just 300,000 hmm. um, this is because averages tend to be skewed more heavily towards th- by the richest households while the median which is effectively the m- middle value in a long list of data tends to give a more accurate picture um, uh, daily mail broke down america's household net worths uh, net- by demographic 22 to 29 Households uh, between 20 and 24 have an average of 120,000, but a median worth of 10,000, right? So you can see there's huge disparity between people in this group. For those in their late 20s, the average net worth falls uh, slightly to 120,000, and the median goes to 30,000. Experts say households in this age group are struggling disproportionately with um, debt. 30 to 39... Uh, by the time you hit your 30s, both incomes and expenses are rising, with many choosing to start a family. Average net worth of a 30 to 34 year old household is 258,000, which rises to 501 by the end of that decade. Right. However, the median wealth for the cohorts is uh, just under 90,000. And uh, at 40 to 49, they say 40 to 40 year old, uh, 40 to 44 year olds. Their average uh, net worth is 590,000, but it rises to 781 by the time they hit 45 to 49. Um, by this age, many households have seen their home values appreciate too, right? So that's what's helping mm-hmm. out. If you're in your 50s, the average net worth, as we said, is 1.1 million, which rise to 1.4 for those uh, over 55. So in the first half of the decade, it's 1.1 million, and then the second half of your 50s, it's 1.4. Um, compound interest is where people are, um, you know, reinvesting their savings, and it's growing and growing and growing. By the time you're in your 50s, most of your retirement account is compound interest, right? That's mm-hmm. why you need to get into the market early. Uh, that's why. Uh, that's why I listened to Susie Orman and got in my, my Roth IRA at age 20. Wealth uh, wealth tends to peak for households in their 60s. Uh, workers will likely retire during this decades and so uh, only just start to draw down from their fortune. The average household in their 60s, 1.6 million, uh, rising to 1.8 by the time they get into the, so the latter half of the decade. By comparison, the median net worth of a household 60 to 64 is 394,000, rising to 394,300 by the end of the decade. Um, so yeah, um, and then we'll just end with seventy-year-olds here. Uh, wealth starts to decline once the household reaches their seventies, as many draw on their retirement. Um, so you start at one point seven million, and then you drop to one point six million. But that's the whole idea, right? You're in your spend-down phase. You gotta. You mm. worked hard your whole life. I guess I try to tell my mom, spend your money. You deserve it. You worked.
1: Yeah, that's right? true. Can't take it with you. Might as well just go ahead and go yeah. for it, right?
0: Yeah. Don't get too crazy.
1: Um. Let's talk about that. Speaking of, yeah, speak
0: of getting crazy,
1: getting crazy. Let's talk about Grandma. Look at her. Grandma,
0: what's up, Grandma?
1: Yeah, Grandma's a gamer. Grandma oh. loves it. Yeah, she's an 81 year old gaming grandma from rural Chile. Her professional gaming chair. She's got it at her house in a small village. Maria Elena Aravallo. Becomes, they say, a merciless hunter, mowing down rivals in a game in which tens of millions of players shoot it out to survive on an imaginary remote island. Grandma. She's she got her apron on over her frilly skirt. That's for the blood splatter. Her yeah, that's for the blood splatter. Her online alter ego, she's named Mama Nena, a nickname that her grand her only grandson Who's now 20 years old calls her. He is the one who introduced her to the digital world of gaming. And apparently, it's given her a new lease on life. She wow. was really lonely. After yeah. her husband died, they were married for 56 years. Yeah. He died in 2020. Her grandson comes over and, you know, starts gaming with her and introduces to her this to her. She said she didn't even know what a mouse was. That's how technically, you know, inept she was. She learned really, really fast. She lives in Lele in central Chile. That, it's a little town.
0: Lele she, in central Lele. Chile.
1: Mm-hmm. Afterwards, she said, I got excited. We started to play whenever... Uh, the grandson could, and I felt better because I didn't think so much about my late husband anymore when I was playing. Oh, Mama Day 3 Boy says I have an apron like that. Yeah, awesome. we have rival mamas. There you go. Today, uh, she said, at first I didn't want to hurt anyone, but after time, she <laughs> but developed— But I, th-
0: I have a thirst for blood now. That's exactly what she said.
1: You laugh, but she oh. said after- over time— She said she thirst de- for blood? I developed Jesus, Grandma. I developed, a- I developed a taste for virtual blood. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. Today she plays at Grandma the Her- vampire. What's going I on, girl? Know. Today she plays at the heroic level, just one level short of the topmost grandmaster level that only 300 players can compete in. She's got 4 million followers on TikTok, 650,000 on YouTube. She shares tips with fellow players. She travels around the world um, to do speeches and Talk
0: her about video must, games. Must be helping her with all that.
1: I don't know. She said all the kids at the conferences ask her for autographs. She said till the day I die, I'll take take that experience with me. Earlier this month. Aravalo was named one of Chile's 100 most important elderly people by the El Mercurio newspaper and the Catholic University for helping break down age stereotypes. The grandson says he is in awe of his grandma. He goes, "It's totally cool. I feel like she's my best friend and all that." So she's been doing this for three years. She says she no longer feels lonely and that's um i don't yeah. think
0: my mom's in a similar position about the same age and my father's past so um i don't think my mom's not into video games though i have to no. find something else uh
1: she's not the oldest gamer in the world there is a 93 year old japanese person i don't know if it's a man or woman ha- hamako mori oh gamer grandma yeah, that's what she's known as yeah. she's another grandma she's thought to be the oldest gamer in the world at 93 Gamer Grandma, Haka, she's like Mori. you can't
0: take my title. Mm-hmm. But look at her; she's into it. Love it. Yeah, I don't know if I could keep up with her. No, uh, Lorraine Pingle, ten dollars yeah. super sticker. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank oh, how you. many dogs are in the photo? I I thought oh two. Two. There you go. Yeah, it was a little easier. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody loves their podcast, right? Some people listen to uh, this show in podcast form, uh, but. Apple has quietly tightened its reporting on how many people listen to podcasts. The headline here is the incredible shrinking podcast industry. This is sending shockwaves through an embattled audio industry still reeling from the end of the COVID era production bubble. So if you think about it again, people are locked down and podcasts went through the roof or they really started getting popular because of the pandemic. The shift Apple wrote in a blog post was technical. The dominant podcasting platform had begun switching off, get this, automatic downloads for users who haven't listened to five episodes of a show in the last two weeks. But while few users noticed the shift, some of the biggest podcasts in the world saw their official listener drop, I'm sorry, their official listener numbers drop dramatically. Long running shows that publish frequently were hit particularly hard. A user who listened to a show like the New York Times, The Daily, a few times subscribed but stopped listening. Would continue to count as a download indefinitely right oh even better under the old rules for people who listened to a show dropped off for a while but started listening again later apple would automatically download every show in between the arrangement drove big download numbers a crucial metric for ad sales and a sign of mm-hmm. the vast reach of podcasts as a medium for instance, The Daily and Dateline both publicly touted that they were reaching a billion total downloads, but representatives from these shows would not say if those numbers or other impressive daily or weekly download stats are still accurate. Though several of the biggest podcasts acknowledged privately uh, to Semaphore, uh, who wrote this, where this article appears, mm-hmm. that they had seen noticeable declines and were still trying to determine the actual size of their audience following the change. Uh, the shift came without any uh, warning. Uh, people who work on audio for the New York Times, NPR, and other major publishers told some before they were surprised by the September change, which had been years in the making but came without any advance warning. And that's interesting because Apple is a big player. Apple is our number one podcast uh, mm-hmm. distribution um, system. We're on all the major ones, but Apple is the big one, and it's the big one for um, Mark's show. And when mm-hmm. you look at the statistics, um, most people are viewing on Apple devices, uh, mostly iPhones, but also other you know, iPads. Yeah, uh, it's a big deal. So if you think about that. The uh, every podcast got a huge haircut. Yep. Interesting. So, um, but uh, that's what you always have to take numbers with a grain of salt. You don't you know. know. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, "Oh, I have you know tens of thousands of downloads." It's like speaking of numbers. Are they organic? Let me
1: take this moment to ask you to please click the like button if you could do that for us. And if you haven't subscribed, please click subscribe as well. Uh, That helps us in a bunch of different ways. Our numbers are organic.
0: I like to think, you know, we may not have the largest numbers, but they're real. They're true. They're real and true. You know what else is true? Time for, We're a late break. for a break.
1: Yeah. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about the ways I, I'm on a decluttering kick. That's kind of my New Year's resolution. Okay. So when we come back, we'll talk about ways you can declutter. We'll also talk about ways you can piss off Jamie Lee Curtis. And trust me, you don't oh. want to do that. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about um, some Spider Man movie. Uh, memorabilia that is being auctioned off and uh and more and that is all coming up next on the after party live
0: the after party live is underwritten by our audience and without you this show wouldn't be possible if you can contribute 10 15 or 20 dollars a month it would keep this party a rockin'. the paypal link can be found in the about section of the youtube channel or at the bottom of the show description any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up on behalf of kim and myself thank you for your consideration aloha bitches it's the after party live yeah it
1: is and i would love to thank our ongoing contributors janet w uh, oh that's
0: and janet w is a new, new. contributor welcome thank to you, the janet. after party you, janet. janet welcome we appreciate it
1: yeah and ongoing contributors jim l brian s and linda a thank you guys so much for helping us out and supporting the show Jim Slayton kicks in for $5 with a super sticker. And Chris from Menlo Park uh, jumping in with a $20 super sticker. What a nice thing to do. All of you guys. Wes with a $5 super sticker. Uh, thank you, Wes. Angel in the Bay Area, $10 and a nice message. Thank you. And Lorraine with the $10 super sticker. All of you, Jim, you. Chris, Wes, Angel, Lorraine, thank you for that. Yeah, really We have
0: a very small budget yeah. and I'm only saying that because it's true. So every time a contribution comes in, it makes a huge difference. It's a huge per, uh, percentage of our budget. Um, so when somebody signs up for an ongoing con- contribution like Janet, that's uh, that's a huge deal for us. Yeah. So thank you. So that we thank need. So here are some things we don't need. All right. I'm gonna say the uh, the S word is in the headline here. Is this was no. that really in the Huffington posts headline? No, uh-uh, you just added it. Yeah. What's going S-P- on? S we Kim, don't need. <laughs> Kim John P word S <laughs> word.
1: This is a story about decluttering, okay? And okay. it is, the, these are the things that professional organizers don't keep in their homes. And I, I read through it and it helped me a little bit. Think of things I need to weed out and get rid of. One, The number one thing, souvenir and promotional cups. And over the holidays, my kids brought home the star. <laughs> keep that one. That's okay. a good one. <laughs> like the plastic cups that you'll get from
0: places
1: you know like, do you really uh, need them the Starbucks holiday plastic oh,
0: cup yeah like commemorating uh, like a burger king yeah uh, like commemorating burger king's like movie a promotion with you some big time yeah. yeah
1: so they say if you've kept a souvenir cup from every sentimental event you've been to or mm-hmm. frequently ex- accepted these promotional cups just because they're free your kitchen is probably crowded with them Plastic logo cups are cheaply made. They're a nightmare to contain because they come in mismatched shapes and sizes.
0: Most likely made in China.
1: Yeah. Um, And so because they're lightweight, they easily fall over. They get rowdy inside your cabinet. She says, don't accept this uh, professional organizer. Don't accept something just because it's free. And consider whether it serves your purpose before you bring bring it home. As for the keepsake cups, like your Mark Thompson show mug, you use that every day. Those are harder to part with. I have some wine glasses from like the Sonoma Wine Road. Oh, I have a KGO cup. Th- those are things that are hard- harder to part with. Um Those who are like it. preserving special memories now. Something else people tend to keep, and this is interesting, boxes from different products that you buy people for some reason they feel keeping my libra Mm. coffee cup uh, for some reason people feel a need to keep boxes uh i don't know exactly why but we do well Um, i keep them for the
0: warranty period or return Mm.
1: period well they say boxes for large appliances laptops kitchen gadgets and other products can be particularly bulky and none of them are needed Uh, This is the co-founder of Straighten Up Professional Organizing Services. She says the boxes can take up valuable real estate over priority essential needs for your home. Boxes stored in attics and garages can create places for bugs to nest. Mm. And so she says do this instead. Take a picture of the product name, the model number, the receipt, oh, and yeah, other yeah. information and store it away on your computer or a backup hard drive. Some of the boxes, like those from um, iPhones, maybe you could use to possibly organize drawers or other areas. But she said, don't save them if you don't need them. Don't. Yes, do that. Pauline
0: says, I still have a cup from Legoland that my son got when he was four. He's 25 now. See, that's sentimental. I understand why you, you would just have to that. be keep it limited i the, the photo yeah. thing i've used as a strategy for decluttering like my parents home like their mm-hmm. garage take photos of things that you end up getting rid of like that then you have at least the keepsake you know yeah. it doesn't take up space Yeah,
1: here's something that i save i always save user manuals like you'll buy a new something yeah. right and you keep it um you keep the user manual what what's this one now
0: Sandy says, I keep the box until I'm 100% sure I'm not going to have to return the item. Then I throw the box out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Heather says, could be worse. My parents still have empty, cool whipped tubs (gasps) from the 90s that they use as bowls. My dad was huge (laughs) on this. My dad did not meet a container that he didn't love and use for like washers and nails and screws. So it's mostly cottage cheese uh, containers, like lucerne Uh. cottage cheese, something like that. Even like tuna cans are in the garage.
1: Wow. I mean, way to reuse stuff, but I well, can't my dad grew up you...
0: in that de- post depression era, you know, where you conserved everything. You recycled everything.
1: I can't believe her, your parents, Heather used uh, the cool up containers as bowls. That's crazy. So user manuals, as I was saying, um, user manuals create unnecessary paper clutter. I have a whole file full of user manuals, less paper, means less piles and the piles of stuff is what you don't want uh what they say is oftentimes these user manuals or videos on how to fix a particular product issue can be found online they say there's no reason to keep the paper version i'm very iffy on throwing those away i don't know Uh, john says my grandma had butter tubs for bowls oh my gosh
0: yeah and karen makes a good point those plastics yeah. don't stay sanitary for long and even mm-hmm. when you get them you know we saw those studies that uh, when you get um water bottles plastic water yeah, bottles, they're bottles. Shedding mm-hmm. plastics and um there's yeah. not a single plastic container that isn't shedding something yeah you know, if you think about it it's microscopic but yeah, hard to convince parents that.
1: to get rid of it though you know uh,
0: easy to convince me to say thank you to louise for a 20 super sticker super chat what contributions down twenty percent? Here's twenty dollars. Wish it was twenty percent of. Uh, wish it was the twenty percent shortfall. Might be time to dust off the Archie promo. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, <like laughs> I, said it, right. I said in the chat. I try. Somebody asked where's Archie. I try not to exploit my cat every day.
1: Every day, we have to limit the exploit uh, the ex-
0: exploitation. Especially since he's right. been really sweet the last couple of days.
1: Clothes you no longer wear. That one we we know we know that junk mail. That's my another downfall where like if you don't deal with a pile of junk mail yeah. and then you bring in another pile and set it on top of that. And then the third day you bring in yeah. another. Then you got this piles of crap. You have to deal. We have to attack that at the Not source. Not only do I of, have junk
0: mail. I also have my mom's mail, oh. uh, like financial stuff because I handle her affairs. Mm-hmm. So it's um I'm every week when I visit, I bring back the mail and I intend right. to go through it and I don't. So I have two piles.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. What they say for this one is. Try to get e-statements. Right, anything uh, that comes in the mail, immediately put it in the recycling you bin. You know the
0: problem with e-statements, e- sta- e- and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. You get so much email, and unless you're like confronted with that statement or that bill, I never look at it, and that could be a problem.
1: I like a lot that of times. E-statement. It's a lot of times. It's not. It. It's not
0: just a statement. Sometimes it's a letter, yeah. but it's, it looks, looks like a statement, and I don't read it. And then somebody's like, "Did you get that?" And I look back. I'm like, "Oh, I didn't open it up." But if Got I don't see like the it. water bills yeah. and whatnot, if I don't, if I don't see it, I'm mm. never going to look through it. Yeah. It's just, you know, if it's online, it's out of sight, out of mind.
1: I prefer to have it all go to a certain file and I will look at it. Your like K file? My, my Yeah, no. <laughs> um, For anything that comes in the mail, it immediately goes in the recycling bin before it even makes it to my desk. So Done large storage totes this is interesting because i would have thought these were good but apparently the huge so- storage totes they're saying those are bad because they can't fit in closets they're sometimes mm. too cumbersome and too big
0: large storage um, totes are bad Yeah,
1: and so they say buy the smaller storage totes they're easier to manage it can fit into closet spaces and uh buy the clear ones so that you can label them Don't use overly complicated organizing systems. They don't like file folders. They say those people never really look in file folders. Those are horrible. Unless you're
0: working at like a dentist's office.
1: Yeah, but the the most important thing is they say make changes that work for you. So, uh, Ren says, one time I read a suggestion to only handle a piece of paper once. Recycle, file, or fill out pay and return it right away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I try to do that when I um, look through my mom's mail. It's like, I do it right at the recycling bin. Right. That way it just, go, like, things the that can be recycled. The stuff the toss can be chucked. Or, like, the excess pages yeah. of, like, you know, because Kaiser, once you, you're on Medicare, it's, like, they yeah. by law, they have to send you, they have to send you, like, a summary of every transaction that involved the government, right, in mm-hmm. terms of Medi- Medicare. And so you get all this stuff. And then everything's, like... Do you need a translator and then there's pages of that? and then there's like privacy disclosure. there's all that. And then there's an envelope that you don't need to return something that you don't you know it's un- yeah. uh, unnecessary. There's a lot of paper that's wasted. it's it's sad
1: and I always have this feeling like if I throw it away, I might need that. you yeah. know. And so I then I let the pile sit for a couple of days and then it multiplies and I need to get rid of if you could see I have a big pile right here. though like, if you yeah. get
0: rid of the things that don't matter, it's easier to find the things that uh, do. do matter. This is true. That was Clean my it deep up. Thought. that was my deep thought for
1: Thank you. All yeah. right, let's go to Jamie Lee Curtis because I guess she's standing we, by. We can't. Yes, yeah, she's standing by, Jamie Lee. Why are you pissed off today? She um came out in support of Ariana Debose because at the um was it the, the Critics Choice Awards.
0: Okay.
1: There was a you know how they have those jokes that Comedians or whoever the writers write these jokes for the presenters to say. Yeah, this one fell kind of flat. So this was Bella Ramsey. She was the star of um, the, I think it's called The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Yeah, she was also uh, in Game Game of Thrones. Thrones, Right. Um, she had to say a mean-spirited joke that she had to read off the teleprompter, which is kind of rude to do to her. But you know, I mean, it's it's embarrassing for the person that has to read the joke as well. Yeah. But she. Read this joke about um, Ariana DeBose, and the joke was: there are actors. Um, they're presenting the award for the best song, or whatever. She said, um, "The half the songs in the category were delivered by some of the most famous voices in the music industry. Then there are the actors who think that they're singers." Jack Black, Ariana DeBose, and Ken himself, Ryan Gosling. So she basically calls out these actors mm. for not being able to sing or have right. good voices. And Jamie Lee Curtis was like, no. And she actually used the F word. She said that was a
0: mean joke. Um, they actually had a cutaway to Ariana DeBose and she was she looked confused. Yeah, like what? She, she was in Hamilton. She's a singer. Yeah. And Ryan so- Gosling got his start. Like, uh, what was it, the Mickey Mouse? But he was a singer. He was a dancer and a singer. And Jack so, Black, his whole thing is... His, oh, the, he's the, a the, really the,
1: good musician. Yeah, yeah, they were like the comedy duo, right? School of rock, whatever. Um, So Jamie Lee Curtis posts, are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Ariana DeBose is a queen. She followed it up by um, the hashtag back the F off and shut the F up. Yeah. But she actually typed out the whole word. <laughs> so she'll come to bat for people that she thinks have been wronged it yeah. was a weird and i, they I don't did they did really... bella dirty yeah it's if i had been her
0: and i if i you know if i felt bad i would have just disclaimed right then they like uh no, I, did not, I did not write this this is written but that even
1: makes it more awkward
0: right well i would have done it because it's like you're making it seem like that person yeah, right like i wrote exactly. this you know
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: no 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 yeah. no 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 um good news for somebody the Amazing Spider-Man number one, so this is the uh, the actual the comic book, was auctioned for 1.3 million dollars. Oh, is that
1: the very first Spider-Man comic yes. ever?
0: This is a copy of the Amazing Spider-Man number one from March 1963 auctioned for that record-breaking $1.38 million. The issue, which speech, uh, features Spider-Man's first encounter with the Fantastic Four, is one of only two copies to receive a grading of Near Mint slash Mint Condition 9.8 from the Certified Guarantee Company. Uh, the comic book, which was released only seven months after the character's debut in uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15, was auctioned by Heritage Auctions and fetched a high bid of $1.38 million, the most ever paid for a copy of Amazing Spider-Man number 1, the previous record sold in July, 2023. Not that long ago. Oh, wow. They got a deal. 520,380. Talk about inflation. How much money do you have to have to spend 1.3 million on a comic book? (laughs) Um, Let's see. Do we have a picture of them? Uh, There they are. Yeah.
1: (laughs) even Those guys. Those Those are the guys. guys, Yeah. Yeah. The
0: auction lot also included a copy of Superman number one that sold for $2.34 million. Wow. And a copy of 1942's all-star comics number eight the first appearance of wonder woman which sold for 1.5 million mm-hmm. right that's so, crazy yeah wow. there's the the, the pay uh, pay gap there for wonder Woman. wonder woman I
1: mean, anything could happen to that it could b- burn in a fire like, 1.3 million dollars i guess keep it in a safe or a safe deposit box i don't know yeah yeah well take me go. to the beaches of san francisco Wait a minute. That's not how the beach is supposed to look. Mm. What? This is on Baker Beach. That's the nudie beach. I used to fly in the KGO jet copter and there'd be naked people on the beach and we'd
0: fly well, that low. That would be getting down to Marshall's. So it goes Baker, then Marshall's. Marshall, Marshalls, is the, Marshall's is the naughty, naughty. Baker mostly is like so, families. I love how you so, know that. Well, the further you go, <laughs> the further you go towards the Golden Gate Bridge, the dirtier and dirtier it gets. Wow. It goes from like PG to like rated R to like triple X. Just saying. Allegiant.
1: Good morning. Allegiant. Well, this boat's named the Lorelei and it washed up on Baker Beach on Monday. And uh, yeah, it's uh, apparently photographers are running out there because they think this looks very romantic.
0: Or the photographers are already there. <laughs> no, they're you now they're I mean. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For yeah. the <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um oh, it
0: no, just happened to be here i, I, I just uh, i don't I know how i got shot. that
1: picture so fast yeah it looks like something out of a movie it's so neat that's what the san francisco fire department spokesperson said it's a 28 foot long boat still on the shore at baker beach which is actually part of the golden gate national recreation area as of recreation. yesterday morning yeah it was identified as abandoned on monday morning the fire department didn't receive a call about it until the afternoon on Monday. When they called the Coast Guard, they said they've already been uh, in contact with the owner of this boat. It looks pretty raggedy when you see the bottom of the hull. Like it hasn't been hauled out in a while. Yeah. Um, but the owner apparently arrived at the beach, said arrangements have been made to move it. And that is why everyone's rushing out to try to get the shot of this before it goes away. Yeah. Wow. It it went adrift and ran aground in Mill Valley, like it's out at Strawberry Point. It was legally anchored at Richardson Bay and Marin before it went adrift and landed on Baker Beach on Monday. Uh, Apparently, the the ship was vandalized. The sailboat was vandalized and the line was cut. That's what the owner is telling Mm. ATVU. Um, There was no report made of theft or vandalism, but the owner is
0: saying, yeah. Do they have like a triple A for boats?
1: No, they don't. Deidre five dollars
0: here's to reaching your monthly revenue goal thank you thank you Deidre
1: we appreciate your help with that really nice of you
0: very cool very cool Um, oh
1: the missing link has been found
0: um, or or has it (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) check this out study reveals potential hot spring birthplace of early life This is out of Newcastle, UK. Can ancient hot springs unlock the mysterious origins of life on Earth? That's what Newcastle University scientists are banking on. Their new research, we have so much fresh research today, explores how the first living systems emerged from non-living geological materials over 3.5 billion years ago. The team's discovery involves the creation of organic molecules, including long-chain fatty acids, crucial components of early cell membranes, These findings findings potentially explain a key step in the formation of life on Earth billions of years ago, suggesting a plausible origin for the organic molecules essential to ancient cell membranes. Fatty acids, uh, we have plenty of them, right? Are lengthy organic molecules with regions that both attract and repel water, naturally forming cell-like compartments in water. These molecules are believed to have been instrumental in the first uh, cell membranes. However, the origin of these fatty acids in life's early stages remained a mystery. Researchers at Newcastle University proposed that these molecules could have formed in hydrothermal vents, where hydrogen-rich fluids from underwater vents mixed with seawater containing carbon dioxide. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Replicating Earth's early oceanic conditions in their lab, the team found that mixing hydrogen, bicarbonate, and iron-rich uh, magnetite in a mild hydrothermal vent-like environment led to the formation of these vital molecules. Central to life's inception are cellular compartments, crucial for isolating internal chemistry. From the external environment, these compartments were instrumental in fostering life sustaining reactions by concentrating chemicals and facilitating energy production, potentially serving as the cornerstone of life's early moments. Ooh, that's cool. Dun dun dun. Look at there's Mystery. our birthplace
1: right there. Yeah. From the from the goo. <laughs> yeah.
0: From goo to goo.
1: From goo to this organism, or, organism, organism, or, organism. What? You pulled a John. So tough, it can survive in space. That's saying something. What? And it's something that you could see in your own neighborhood, all over the place. It's lichen. Yeah, lichen survived eighteen months attached to the outside of the International Space Station, and is um, bringing up theories that. Maybe it could survive on Mars, that life could exist on Mars. So, check out the, well, not that you haven't seen lichen before, but we'll give you this picture of lichen so you can kind of, I don't like, know, like get the like see what you know, it looks like. Like see what it looks like so that like you can totaling. picture it stuck to the outside of the International Space Station. There's some lichen for you. All right. Um, they're kind of strange organisms. It's a partnership between a fungus that offers shelter, water, and minerals and an alga or cyanobacterium that supplies food from their photosynthesis. And they say, even though they're not much to look at they're really really tough so tough that they can uh, survive in the harsh environment of space so they attached lichen to the outside of the international space station for 18 months they survived the vacuum of space no water extreme temperatures Mm. the full onslaught of radiation and ultraviolet rays from the sun
0: And they just carried right on photosynthesizing. It's a a 50-50 partnership, much like this show in the harsh environment of YouTube. (laughs) It's like it had no problem.
1: You know, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. I'm just going to photosynthesize over here on on my little corner of the ship. Leave me alone. Lichens that were kept in a simulated Martian, Martian environment on earth survived and were active raising the prospect that life could exist on mars where that environment is very dry very cold has low atmospheric pressure and radiation bombardment lichens can cope with radiation 12,000 times the lethal dose for humans wow. and still carry on photosynthesizing
0: I'm they're just rep- over here
1: I know, just over here doing my thing. They do say their reproduction can be harmed by it a little bit, um, but the bacteria that were given the same treatment died. They couldn't survive it like the lichen did. Hmm. Um, so there's thought now that life on Earth or any planet maybe could be spread but through space by lichen hitching a ride on meteorites, comets, or asteroids. So did we form in the goo or were we carried as little molecules over here on lichen and dumped on Earth? I don't know. But boy, is lichen tough. Tougher than we ever thought.
0: It would make sense that humans started from goo. I <laughs> goo. I think that... that we're a gooey mess. Sense. Well, yeah. that's 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 the after party. Oh, well, that was fun. Yeah, that was great. We, have <laughs> we, to think. we do We do. We Oh, go ahead, you, Jim. You. Yeah. $5 Chris again for $20. Wes for 5, Angel for 10, Lorraine for 10, I Love you all for you. 20 and Deidre for 5. Uh, uh contributions were down, so thank you guys who uh, contributed because of that. And then new, we have um a new contributor,
1: contributor. Right? Janet W is our new contributor. And then we have our ongoing contributors Jim L, Brian S, and Linda A. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. And we will be back here tomorrow doing it all over again on the After Party Live. We hope you'll join us. Please click the like button if you can and the subscribe button too. Have a great afternoon, John Have Daly. and a great and everybody afternoon, too. Bye. Uh, go
0: get your lunch. <laughs> yeah,
1: do it. Bye.